I'm Nick Torres. I'm Ashley Argoda. And we are Mismo. Today we talk about self-tapes. That was our primary focus of the day. It is our first coronavirus quarantine mm -hmm. podcast. Now naturally we would just be talking just the two of us because it's the last Monday of the month. But gear up because it's just going to be the two of us for a while. Enjoy! Well, we have such good news. Ashley has made it home from Nashville safely. I have. Thank goodness. Nashville was an adventure, Nick. It really was. You were there on the phone with me through so much of it. <laughs> yes, and you booked the Nashville movie from a self-tape. I did. And then I had 16 million self-tape auditions while I was doing this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, which was incredible, you know. And we'll talk about all of that, but uh, I think you were about to say also that you experienced a tornado. Yes. And then coronavirus. Yeah. So I feel like I should preface this story with, I went to Nashville, I think it was a couple years ago, and I had dinner at a friend's house after I got there, and I drove back to my Airbnb. It was raining, it was windy, and I hear these sirens go off. Now, I'm from California, born and raised, so I'm very used to earthquakes. We have no warnings when there's an earthquake. It just happens, and you take cover, you make sure you're safe, and you go on with your day. Now, I hear these warning sirens, and in my head, as I'm on the highway, I'm like, all right, cool. I got like, what, half an hour then before I'm in this tornado? Cool, I'm gonna make it. To I was like 10 minutes away from my Airbnb, and I get this frantic phone call for my songwriting partner, Rebecca. And she's like, where are you? Oh my gosh, did you make it home? I was like, no, nah, I'm on the highway, I'm almost home. And she's like, there's a tornado literally on your highway. And I didn't know what to do. She was like, get in a ditch, oh my gosh. But I was, I for some reason was very confident and cocky. I was like, I'm gonna be fine. So I kept driving like an idiot. I realized later on, had I gone a couple more exits, that's where the tornado was. So, you know, I'm very lucky. So this time going to Nashville, I knew what the warning siren meant. It did not mean I had half an hour until the tornado touched down. It in fact meant the tornado hath arrived. Twas imminent. Twas imminent. Twas on the ground. Yes. <laughs> Could be seen. Very, very dangerous. So I got there on like a Saturday night. Sunday was our table read day. Monday was our first day of shooting. It all happened very quickly. Shot on our first day. It was amazing. Loved the crew, loved the cast. It felt very welcome very easily, which is kind of rare for something, especially when you're on location and uh, you meet all these new people. So it was, it was great. It was such a picturesque first day. We loved it. And then I think I'd already FaceTimed you. We did like our nightly FaceTime phone call. And I decided, all right, I'm gonna find something to watch before I go to bed, or just like some background noise. And I turned on, I tried to turn on Late Night with James Corden, but it was the news. And I was half paying attention to it, and then I finally realized they were talking about a tornado that was coming towards Nashville. I was like, that's weird. And I kind of look out the window, nothing's really going on, but the news keeps going. And they're like, well, it's about 20 minutes out. and they're showing the path, like the projected path of this tornado. And it's like 
coming towards us. So I'm a little like, huh, this is weird. So I called you, or I, I think I texted you and you're like, do you wanna get on FaceTime, are you okay? And you FaceTimed me. So we're kind of both watching the news and it just is creeping closer and closer. And then the light started flickering. And then it was when the news station lost picture, right? That they, they were only audio. They, the newscaster <laughs> said, we seem to have lost picture. Uh, can people still hear us? And, you know. And they're trying to talk us through this. It's terrifying. They were saying this is eerily similar to the 1998 tornado, which if you Google was the deadliest tornado in Nashville history. And Prior I guess to this, this one. was. Yeah. This was on that same level. Mm -hmm. So Mick is like, maybe put some shoes on. Maybe like, let's Close. figure out what to do What in like in a tornado. Closed-toed shoes. Yeah. So I put on flip-flops and you were like, Ashley. No. <laughs> Why? Ill-prepared. And uh, I, I like opened the window and we were kind of watching it. I put pillows and a bottle of water in the bathroom because I know it's safe to hide in a bathroom in a pinch. But I was also on the fourth floor and Mick was like, I mean, where are the stairs? And the lights started, it, it was pretty, it felt very imminent. It felt like it was going to hit my hotel. I thought the stairs because I thought in an emergency, you don't take the elevator, you take the stairs. Yes, totally. So the lights flickered like one last time, then the siren started. And you watched this all happen on FaceTime. I grabbed my backpack. Mm -hmm. I know I sound like Dora the Explorer right now. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> I grabbed my backpack. I went to the elevators because I figured in my head, I was like, the stairs will be like semi-close to the elevators, right? But I went to the elevators and the sign was like, oh, the stairs are on either side of the building. So I chose to go to the one furthest from my room, which in my head felt cl like the closest ones to the elevators. I run down four flights of stairs and I open the door and it's a door that leads to outside, which is literally the opposite of where I'm trying to go. Like, it could not be further from where I want to be. And I open the door and the wind, like, takes the, takes the door all the way out to the side. And I was like, <gasps> so I shut it really quickly. And you're like, did you just go outside? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Yeah. So I run back up to my room. At this point, the station has lost power and you can truly only hear their voices. And they're like, we just got hit. We just got hit. The station just got hit. And I run to the window. And I'm watching this storm cloud. And in my head, it's just the thunderstorm part of all of this. I learned later that I was literally watching the tornado ravage downtown. For some reason in my head, I thought, I don't know if this is just because I've never seen one in real life or maybe because I've seen it in movies. I don't know. I thought it was, I thought tornadoes were a little like narrower and like skinnier, I guess. I thought so too. So when I saw this huge cloud, like, Going across the sky, I was like, oh, it's just, it's raining. It's a thunderstorm. And you can see, like, pops of light. So I thought lightning, but a lot of people said that's also power grids going out, the lights that you see popping. Oh, of course. So it's a, it's a combination of both sure. of them. So that's what I was looking at. And I thought, oh, thunderstorm. And then later on, they were like, there was video of the tornado. And I was like, nope. I watched that whole thing happen. It was raining. There were like weird bouts of wind happening. The warning sirens lasted all night. And that's not an exaggeration. They truly lasted all night. They would go on for like 20 minutes and then be off for a couple minutes and then turn back on. 
it was terrifying. The lights flickered for what felt like forever. I don't think I slept until like four o'clock that morning because I was just so afraid it was going to come back and the weather was still weird. And they were like, we don't know. There could be others. Thankfully, nobody in our production was hit. Everybody was safe. It went over one of our producers' homes that it was like one of the rare times it didn't touch the ground. So it was on the ground for a long time. Like saw our producer's house and was like, nope, jumped over it and then kept going. That was the closest anyone really got to it. So lucky. I mean, on a production of like a hundred people, for it's, no one to get hit was incredible. It is incredible considering where it hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were very lucky. I was very lucky. That's the story of us being in Nashville in a tornado. Mick was on the phone with me throughout the whole thing. He was very kind. I was very scared. I was fine for a while, but I think when the realization hit that it was closer than I thought it was. It was five miles from my hotel room. I was scared because there was nothing I could do, you know. <laughs> I couldn't help you really in any way. I was all the way over here. I couldn't possibly get to you. You were, you were moral support. That's all. That's all. It was it was tough. It was a tough one. And we were so tired the next morning. Our director, Kristen Baker, was incredible the next morning. She gathered everybody in a room. And she was like, I know we're all a little bit freaked out. And I mean, it was bad. We, we woke up the next morning to all this news of Nashville just destroyed so many iconic places and so many homes destroyed. We didn't see a lot of the damage for a while, which I thought was weird, but they, you know, the people who live in Nashville who've been through more tornadoes were like, it's weird because the path is unpredictable. You just don't know where it's gonna hit. So there are a lot of places that look totally fine. And then you literally turn a corner and everything's gone. And we didn't see damage for probably, probably a few days. And then we were driving to a, um, a location shoot and on the highway everything looked fine for miles and miles and we looked to our left and all of a sudden there was like a tree in the road a huge tree in the road police cars everywhere they were trying to fix the power lines and then the next block over was picturesque and fine and the trees were beautiful and everything was fine it was so wild and so crazy and then about a week later was daylight savings we lost the hour of sleep which <laughs> is one of my favorite days of the year I know. I love the extra daylight. I love the extra daylight. I wish we didn't have to lose an hour of sleep because of it. But we'll get used to it. Negligible for me. I don't care. I want the extra daylight so badly. Actually, I just wish that it didn't roll back for the yeah. winter. Because I always want it to stay Bright brighter. Brighter longer. Yeah, the morning, and I'm somebody who wakes up and usually sees the sunrise in the morning. I don't need it bright at that time. No. There's something fun about being up before the sun. So totally. I like that. I'm okay with that. But yeah, give me the give me the daylight. But for you When daylight savings hits in the middle of filming something, it doesn't feel fun. <laughs> sure. You're tired because you've been filming for hours and hours on end. And it's again, I love my job, so it's not like it's the most terrible thing, but you want to go home and like get your sleep and re-energize yourself for the next day. So losing that hour. And I also, for some reason, never, never adjusted to the time because Nashville is two hours ahead. I just never adjusted to, to the time there. So sleep was already kind of a weird thing for me there. So to lose that hour was, mm. ooh, it was brutal. I was also working on other 
things while I was there. I was writing, I was filming other things. So I was working in addition to working on the film. So yeah, that hour, oh, yeah. I missed it a lot. And then... We can't talk about that thing that we were writing together yet. No, but I will say Mick is a goddamn angel. And I would literally text him and be like, I need you to write this, this, and this. By like By 4 p.m. today. And then at like in between scenes, I'd check my phone. He'd be like, how does this sound? I'd be like, great. It was fun having deadlines and writing something that's going to get made. And hopefully it's out by the next episode. But whenever that's out, we'll be able to talk about yeah. that a little bit more. It's really, it's know that it's just very exciting for me. <laughs> uh, and it was very fun to write and help you with that. It was, it was really cool. And you came in so clutch with helping out while I was, while I was, fil- while I was filming. And we thought, oh, great. Well, he can help me film this when he comes to Nashville to visit me. But then. Coronavirus. I was supposed to go on a Thursday morning. And Wednesday evening, the NBA suspended its season. It was crushing for us. Now, people who know us well, have we talked much basketball on this podcast? We have in spurts. I think we've limited ourselves as well as possible because we could do... When we talked about our dream list of guests, one of the first people I said was Jeremy Lin. So that's where we're at. now. but basketball... is a big deal to us. The NBA canceling its season to me said, all right, major organizations are shutting it down. I don't want to fly to Nashville and risk the possibility of getting quarantined there for 14 days or the airlines changing their policy and canceling a bunch of flights and just having an impossible time getting out of there. So I didn't go. You didn't go. And then I ended up coming home. A day earlier. I w- the only reason I was spending an extra day there was because we thought we were going to be there together. Well, we were going to Broadway, we yes. discovered as... Uh, thank you for commenting, some listeners. Uh, <laughs> we didn't know it, the name. We couldn't remember the name of the main street in Nashville. It's yes. Broadway. Broadway, which we ended up filming on Broadway for this movie, which I was very excited about. Very cool. Uh, and Printer's Alley and Second Ave. So I got to see plenty of it. Not with you, but... Yeah. Well, the idea was to, like you know, bar you, you yeah. want to kind of, yeah, bar hop, like a party environment. And it just seemed like between the tornado ravaging the city and coronavirus forcing everybody to social distance just didn't feel like a partying environment to, to go to. No. And at that point, I just wanted to come home. So I did the thing. I went to the grocery store as I prepared the house for social distancing and we've been... It's just been the two of us in here for about a week and a half since you got back. Yeah, but we got, I mean, we've been getting stuff done in this house. We have been going out for a walk or a hike once a day, which has been great. Yes, it has been. The first week, I think, was a little bit of, I don't think we panicked, but it was chaotic for us. Yeah. Because we didn't know what our routine was going to look like. I didn't know exactly how I was going to transfer personal training and continue making an income. Luckily, I've been able to do all of that virtually now, and I'm training all of my clients on FaceTime, which has been amazing. I would love to talk to more of our friends, who some, some actors that we know who are probably hurting right now a little bit more because their source of income 
is something that they couldn't possibly do virtually. Mm-hmm. So many people are worrying about that right now. I don't want to be too much of a downer, and this, right. that's but not really true. the focus it's of true. this episode. Yeah, uh, We're going to talk primarily about self-tapes, but I just am so, so grateful that I have been yeah. able to maintain work. It's not every single client, but enough so that we're going to be okay and we don't have to leave the house. Yeah, and you're right. It took us a minute to settle into a routine. As hectic as our lives are just like normally, we at least like to know, all right, great. This is what we're going to do this day. This is like we're we're planners. We love to plan. Love love a good plan. So So now it's sort of yeah, wake have, up in the morning. Yeah. I train my clients. We write together for a couple hours and then we go out for our walk do some yoga and then it's a movie that night yeah or game we did game night last night yeah just to mix it up a little just the two of us a little ticket to ride (laughs) yeah we played five games of it yeah we did yeah i won a couple i don't usually win ticket to ride and i won a couple times which was nice well done thank you thank you so much um yeah it took us a minute to settle into the schedule but we, we found a schedule that's been working for us, and it's really good. Our fun time during the day and our, our fun time, like, break thing that we do between writing is NBA 2K, obviously. Duh. Because... There's no other course. basketball right now. No. And it's nice, because Mick is so good at 2K, you guys. <laughs> He's so good. So, even though there's no NBA, I get to watch him play 2K, and it's kind of like watching real basketball well thank you for bragging for me you're welcome well we play two different versions we play the the um my career version yeah with our with our che star player yeah he's a he's a star he's now we've worked his way up to he's a 92 rating he started as like a 60 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's on the lakers we've won a championship already he's in his second season i want him to be mvp this season I think you will be. And then, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about I this. Am. This is fantastic. Oh, I hope people are still. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, we came here for acting. This is sports. Are they going to talk about acting at some point? We uh, will. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, no, but while we're on the subject, uh, <laughs> we also play my league. We're also the Lakers there because obviously. Because I won't let us be anything else in this home. We're now in the year 2022, and the Lakers have won every championship since. So 20. And that's correct. That's how we. Uh, that's what we do in between writing and and working in the house. Sometimes I like to if I'm trying to get a workout in, but I'm having a hard time motivating, which has been a very real thing during totally social distancing and isolation. I'll play a game of 2K, and then every timeout or Usually on timeouts, I'll do push-ups, and then at the quarter break, I'll do kettlebell swings or something like that, some variation of that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Just makes it feel like a a game and like I'm doing something. Yeah. And we've been doing it while we're writing because we we feel like we're more creative when we're... Half paying attention. Totally. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, if we sit down and we're like, all right, we're going to figure this out, then we kind of just sit here and we're like, well, the best ideas always come to us when we're not really thinking about it. It's true. If we're just like, uh, yeah. But we have gotten a lot of writing done, and we get to record podcast episodes with just the two of us for a little while because of social distancing. Megan was our last guest. 
before the safer at home order was given. So for a little while, it's just going to be me and Mick talking to you guys. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm kidding. Oh <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. So self-tapes. Self-tapes. That's the focus of today. Mm-hmm. As we said, you booked that movie. Mm-hmm. Can we say the name of the movie? Oh, yeah. It's announced now. We can, like, fully talk about it. Great. Which I realized we talked about it in the episode before I left, was it? We talked about it yeah. in a prior episode. Prior to you shooting it. Yes. Well, I don't want to talk too much about the movie because I think we're going to try to have some... People on. Guests yes. on as we get closer to it being released. Yes. And we want to hear all about the movie then. Totally. But yes, I. it's called I Hate New Year's mm -hmm. by Tello Films. And I booked it through a self-tape. Which, this is my favorite part of that self-tape. Because, <laughs> and actually a really, I think, valuable story. Because it just seems to be so true that every single time I really put all my, I don't know, care and energy and attention into a role it brings some level of tightness that shows through and when I'm just sort of not throwing it away but just doing my best work without caring too much about mm -hmm. it it and, usually that's and also book. just trusting that you know what you're doing mm -hmm. I think that's a huge part of it too it's not that we don't care it's that we're like we can read it and say okay I got this and just do it. But yeah, it was one of those that I, we had to go somewhere. It was Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> we went to a very close friend's Super Bowl party. But I think you only did a take or two. I did scene. a take of one scene and two takes of the other scene. But we used the first take of the two take one. That's right. And I had been working. It's not like I hadn't been working on the script. I had the script for a few days. This was the last day that we could get the self-tape done. And the only day we could, we could film. But I had had the script for a few days, and I was I was working on it. I read over it, and then it came time to shoot it, and we were just we were running out of time. And I did the scenes, and just didn't give myself time to think about it. Didn't give myself time to obsess over did I say this line the way I wanted to, or. Did I look at the right thing at the right time? Or did I, put, I, you know, had a guitar in one of the scenes? I remember thinking, oh, maybe I should have put the guitar down sooner. But I liked the take enough and it felt right. It's interesting when I do self-tapes because I don't watch them a lot of the time. Or I'll watch them when they're finished. You usually just, yeah, really don't watch them. Which I think is good. You, I don't know... It's a different feeling watching yourself back versus knowing what you did on camera. And yeah. it's something that self-tapes inherently allow you to be a perfectionist. Yeah. Because you could do it over and over and over until it's correct and perfect. But a lot of times correct and perfect are not what gets cast. That's no. not even good because it's not usually true. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm very uncomfortable watching myself. If I watch myself, I, I'm very critical. Had I really, really went back and looked at my I Hate New Year's tape, I would have been like, why are you looking there? Like, 
you need to stand up straighter. Why did you say the line like that? Why did you put a break in, in this line when there was no break in this line? But when I did the tape, I can tell you that it felt very natural and it felt right the way I was doing it and the way I was saying it and how I was feeling, which is how I kind of pick what take I like. You know me, I, I keep going until I'm like, no, that was it. I felt that one. That felt like the right one. They also asked for, <laughs> they also asked, for us to sing in the tape. And they yeah. said, if, you know, if you play the piano, just let us know if you, if you can play the piano. And I didn't have time to do <laughs> a tape of me, like, singing at home. So I asked Mick to send me a tape of me doing Crossfire from the Fosters. Um, when I did it at It Takes Three with Garrett and Desi. I think it's it was a tape of me in San Francisco. Yeah, Feinstein's at the Nico in San Francisco. Yeah. I I listened to like the first person chorus and was like, I think this is good enough to send. At least they know I can sing and it's such a good tape. <laughs> Thank you. It's you playing at the piano solo and you sound beautiful. I was so nervous to do. I don't I don't usually play the piano a lot when I when I sing live. I get very nervous to play instruments cuz I like to just focus on one or the other. So to do both for me is very daunting, but that was such a fun experience for me to get to do that. And it's a song that not a lot of people have heard the full version of, so I was really excited to do it. But that's the tape I ended up sending, and I remember just like throwing it together and being like, all right, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting it. That's right. The Rookie last year, I also booked that from a self-tape. That was also kind of thrown together because they needed the tape really quickly. Do you remember that? Yeah. They emailed me and they were like, we need a tape. I think it was by that night or something. How did we do it? Oh, man, what was it? Oh, we did the two takes downstairs. We set up the self-tape studio. And for the second scene, it's when you have to take mug shots of me. So I asked you if you could turn up your volume on your phone and take the photo so that the snapshot sound would play. Yes. Because I was like, it just feels, I don't know, it felt like the right thing. And it was kind of one of those things that just out of nowhere and was like, this would make it feel more authentic. But again, it's something that we didn't really think about at that time because we didn't have time to think about it. There was no like, all right, what can we do to make this self-tape awesome? Mm -mm. It was send this self-tape in two hours or don't do this audition. So we just set up a studio, did it, sent it off. And it was another one of those things that like just was booked from a self-tape. You always do a good job of trying to find little things that make it feel more authentic. Yeah. If there's a prop, if there's a little sound effect or a little music in the background that feels right and is appropriate and helps the scene, then we've always decided to go with that. In my self-tape for I Hate New Year's, my character in the second scene was supposed to be playing the piano. And the best friend character walks in and says, that song sounds so sad. And it felt so weird sitting here without a piano in front of me. I was just sitting in a chair. So I grabbed one of our guitars in the house. And I just kind of strummed the guitar. And then it felt right to just have it in the scene. If I'm talking to my best friend, I wouldn't stop playing and then look at my best friend and talk to my best friend. I would absentmindedly strum something or play a little thing while I'm talking until mm -hmm. it's time for us to really have whatever deep conversation we were having in the scene. So just, I don't know. 
I always like finding little things that make it more natural for me. Also, self-tapes can be awkward sometimes, so anything that makes it a little bit more comfortable for me, I'm always down for. You gave me a really great self-tape one a long time ago. Do you remember? The blanket? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it was for now, but... Weren't you eating breakfast early in the morning at the table and your grandma comes in or yeah. something you have some talk yeah and i told you to wrap yourself in a blanket yeah and i did Did you book that what was that i, I got a call back for it all right i remember and i remember going into the room too because it was an in-person call back uh-huh being like man i wish i should <laughs> <laughs> have brought a blanket or something <laughs> but it just made it feel more natural because sometimes you know what they're going for in the scene but because it's a self-tape, you don't really have the means to make it look that way. But you have to be able to feel like you're in that environment. So even something like wrapping yourself in a blanket to make you feel like it's early in the morning and you're talking to your grandma is something that could truly like make or break your self-tape, you know? I think that's the distinction. If it makes it more real for you, mm -hmm. it's worth doing. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about... Don't shoot the scene the way that you see it going in the movie. Yeah. You know. Um, you mentioned the self-tape studio a few times. So. I was just going to ask you if you want to talk about you, the incredible investment you made in buying self-tape equipment. I think it's one of the smartest investments that an actor can make for themselves because to have to go to a self-tape studio every single time that you want to tape ends up being super expensive. So expensive. To inconvenience a friend, to ask them to do your self-tape for you. Sometimes friends aren't always gonna be available and you don't always wanna be that person and sometimes it's you, you have a deadline of later that day or early in the morning and that's unreliable. So just having your own, I think is, is so worth it. I bought some equipment years ago that I still have. I have a stand. It's essentially, it allows me to hang a backdrop from it. And it's tall, it's expandable, it's, it can be three different sizes. And the backdrops, I have a nice blue, a gray, and a white backdrop. Gives me options. Now we've also added here in the office, I hung a curtain rod, um, which makes it even faster and easier. I don't have to set up all the equipment got a couple of lights they're dimmable they're great dimmable lights they're beautiful got a tripod and that's it you could probably set this up anywhere from like 150 dollars to if you want to be really fancy 500 dollars. totally and then you have a full studio and now i mean if you want to save ring lights are really popular now and they give such great light and they're not there are versions of that that are not very expensive those are worth it totally. and going back to just those numbers that i threw out there to put that into context if you were to go to a self-tape studio let's take a number in the middle let's say it's about 300 dollars to set up your self-tape studio mm -hmm. that's gonna pay for about four or five auditions mm -hmm. and i had four or five self-tape auditions in nashville and that was in two weeks yeah. This is going to last you forever. Mm -hmm. It's been so, so valuable. And it has made me love self-tapes more because I used to get self-tapes and be like, oh, no. And I would I'd either turn them down 
or I'd email my agent back and be like, hey, is there a, are they seeing people in person too? I'd rather just go in. But I was kind of talking to a couple of my cast members about this in Nashville. Going in for an audition is terrifying. It, you're in your head so much of the time, at least for me. I don't, I don't like going to auditions. They're weird. It's these people across from a table sitting there and judging you. Not not necessarily being mean about it, but they have to judge your performance. They have to figure out if you're like the right person for it. So they're kind of just staring at you and you're just standing there like, okay. It's the worst. It's the worst. And you know, you could be the most amazing actor, but if you haven't, if you just don't fit their vision or if you are just slightly too short for this project, we've talked about this before, like it's so much of the time not personal at all if you don't get the job but it feels so personal because you put so much time and effort into it you've put so much of yourself into it so going in for auditions is ugh. and I used to feel that way about auditions and self-tapes but having the equipment here at home and being able to set that up really quickly and I'm very lucky because I live with an actor so I live with a permanent reader <laughs> um, same it's really nice you're an excellent reader you're an excellent reader you have we don't give I feel like we don't often give each other that many notes but if Hardly. we feel like one of us is struggling or could be doing something a little better it also just doesn't feel like a note when we give it to each other because we know each other so well so we're kind of able to be like hey remember this think of this I don't know. I like self-tapes a lot better now. I feel more in control when I do it. I feel like I can give the best performance. Not, like you said, the perfect performance, because that's not what they're looking for. Mm. But I can give a performance that I'm happier with because I'm not worried about... I talked to one of my cast members about this on the movie. A lot of the times we're worried about kind of wasting the casting director's time, if that makes any sense. You know how sometimes when you're in the room... And you do it, and they're like, great, can you can you do it again, maybe? And you're like, okay. For some reason, when I, when I get that, I'm grateful for the second chance, which is awesome, because you don't always get that. But at the same time, I'm like, man, there are like 30 people in the waiting room, okay, and they need me to do my best work. Okay, so I really got to pull up now. I got to make sure that I'm doing it right. And there's this weird, like, added pressure that you feel. So I oftentimes just get very flustered if I'm in the room for too long because I'm thinking of not inconveniencing a million other people. Absolutely. The same. I'm way too polite at auditions. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I don't know. Which infuriates me because that should be like our time. Well, it is. And if you're able to remember the fact that the casting director is hoping that you're going to be that one and have that moment that makes it amazing, then that's great. But it's just hard to remember that in the moment when, like you said, there's yeah. people waiting in the waiting room and all these different factors yeah. and you've driven there and you got to pee and all these Thinking things. about your meter, making sure your meter doesn't go up because you're, yeah. you're about to have that parking ticket, especially if you're on the other side of the hill <laughs> or in Santa Monica or something, you know? Are you surprised that self-tapes have stopped altogether and the entire industry is completely stopping because there are things I feel like that could still be going on and that are I mean I know writers rooms are still doing yeah. 
Zoom conversations and certain things are still happening, but it seems like there could be more happening during this time that's not. What do you think? I think so. I think self-tape auditions could be used to start casting things that are going to happen after the social distancing is over, you know? And maybe that is happening. I, I do know a few people who have gotten some self-tapes. Oh, you do? Yeah. Because I haven't. Yeah, neither have I. Right. I, we've gotten, between the two of us in this one house, we've gotten zero. zero. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, then never mind. People are still working. People We're just are still not. working. Definitely way less. Yeah. My manager sent out an email that they're basically just going on pause. Yeah. I mean... Because virtually the whole industry is. I think some of those self-tape auditions were last week-ish, and they were th for things that thought maybe we can keep going or whatever, but... Those tapes probably haven't all been reviewed yet. Probably not, because nobody's really working right now. Not really. Agents are working from their homes, and casting offices really aren't doing anything because all the productions are on hold. I wanted to talk to you too about, well, first of all, I want to thank you for having the self-tape studio because it really did make me love self-tapes more. In my old apartment, I, I used to have to take off a couple of frames on my wall and like cover the nail holes <laughs> and I didn't have a tripod, so I would balance my phone on like piles and piles of books and stuff and I'd have like Peter come over or something, I'd have to figure it out. Or I would just say no to a self-tape altogether and be like, oh well. <laughs> but I enjoy them so much more now, and I did want to talk about self-tapes when we're not home. You in Nashville? Yes. Yes. Well, man, we did some FaceTime self-tapes. Yes, we did, Mick. There was something I think charming about your little hotel room set up there. <laughs> Because, I loved it. Well, you used, you flipped a trash can upside down. Yeah. To use that as your tripod and leaned your phone up against some books. Yeah. And you just had a plain white wall. I used basically the corner of my closet and the bathroom door because I used it for a few reasons. It was probably the most plain background I could get uh -huh. with the best lighting I could get, uh -huh. especially at night because I was usually coming home from filming and doing these self-tapes. They were almost always at night. Yeah. Almost always. And it was also that there was a mirror on the other side, so you couldn't see it, but I could. So I always knew, because I could see my phone in the reflection, if I was in frame or not. And if I ever got too close or too far, like if I was stepping in or out of frame. So it was pretty easy to see. But it's kind of what inspired me wanting to do an episode, a Mismo episode about self-tapes. Because... I had to sit there the first time I got a self-tape appointment when I was in Nashville. It's this weird, like, you kind of got to stand in the middle of your hotel room and just look at everything you have and be like, okay, what can I use as a tripod right now? What will be able to hold my phone? What is a good base? <laughs> it ended up being there was a trash can under my desk that was like a bigger trash can with two smaller trash cans inside of it. So I flipped that bigger part of the trash can over. <laughs> I put the ice bucket on top of that. Oh, the ice bucket. Yeah. I put sure. the Bible. <laughs> For good luck. For good luck. Because Jesus. 
And then three books mm. on top of that. Mm -hmm. I put, I have a keyboard for my iPad. So I unhooked my iPad from that and I leaned my phone on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. And then you were leaned on the trash cans that were inside of the bigger trash can. Me meaning on your my phone. iPad. I was on your you iPad. You were on my iPad. And you were recording on your phone. Yes. Yes, because I have a good camera on my phone and an okay right. camera on my iPad. So right. I leaned you against the two extra trash cans, but the iPad kept falling. So I needed something heavy to kind of put in front of the iPad so it wouldn't <laughs> keep falling over. So I got a, <laughs> a thing of cashews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just leaned it against the iPad so it just wouldn't fall over. Yeah. And sometimes the sides were really long, so I didn't have time to memorize them or I knew the gist of it but I needed to be able to look at the paper because you were filming until 10 p.m. a lot of the time or yeah later. 10 or 11 and then having to get up early for the next day of shooting so you yeah. really just did not have time to memorize it. I didn't have time to memorize anything and somebody told me a long time ago when self-tapes were kind of becoming popular that it's not always the greatest thing to have your sides with you in the self-tape yeah, I agree. They, they they feel like a hindrance to me. I they say it's okay, but well, I think it's okay if you're going in to audition. Yes, totally. But really, I feel like with a self tape, there's no reason for it because no. why not just do it until you can do it off book? Absolutely. And there were a couple times, remember there were a couple times I was like, maybe I'll just hold the paper and it drove me ugh, it drove me crazy. So on my contraption that was holding my phone and the iPad, I like folded the pieces of paper and put them underneath my phone essentially. So if I needed the line, I could glance down, look at the line and then look back at my eyeline. And the other crazy thing is that I didn't have you on the iPad in a place where I could look at you. No. So I had to pick an eyeline on the wall so it looked like I was looking at somebody, but he was really way below that. And all I could do was like listen to his voice. And I had to make sure there were a few takes that I could not use because I accidentally looked down at you because I'm so used to looking at you when we talk. Self-tapes on the road are quite interesting. Yeah. And then there was one day when we both had one. Yes. You helped me as you were helping me. I had you set up on the computer. And then I had the tripod set up in our normal mm -hmm. setup in here. But then... As I'm doing your self-tape with you. You got emailed to do one that was due <laughs> like the next morning or something. Yeah, and I had work. So mm -hmm. I was like... And I had already taken off my makeup from filming because I thought, all right, my day's done. I'm totally fine. Mm -hmm. Let me help Mick with his self-tape. And boom, another self-tape. That's right. So I had to get off the phone with you after we finished your self-tape. Uh-huh. Do my makeup. I'm so sorry. Go downstairs, print the sides, uh -huh. come back upstairs, look at the sides while I was doing my makeup. And that was one of the really long yeah. scenes, too. That second page was like, th or that second scene was three pages. That's, I think we took a little dinner break, <laughs> took about an hour off, and then got back on the phone and did the reverse. Yep. It's always an adventure. I got really lucky in that hotel room. Sometimes you get stuck with, I mean, you got to balance chairs on coffee tables sometimes. I've had to do that. I remember when I got my self-tape studio, I think I was a senior in college. So I've had it for a while. It's so smart. I was in an 
auditioning for camera class. Mm -hmm. And the professor said, you know, he was, he was very, um, well, I'm not going to give him an adjective, but he said, <laughs> if you're a serious actor, you have this. Mm. He also said no serious actors aren't writing mm. uh, and taking writing classes. Okay. He had a lot of ideas. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say you're not a serious actor if you have a self-tape, if you don't have a self-tape studio. I don't think so either. But I think you're a smart and sensible actor because it's just going to save you a lot of time and money in the long run. Totally. It's made a world of difference. Mm -hmm. It really has. Now I love self-taping. Now, I would say I'd rather self-tape for things than go in, really. Absolutely. I'm getting pretty used to not leaving the house for stuff and not driving. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, I love a self-tape. We're going to get that first audition back and be like, oh, <laughs> driving <laughs> to an audition? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Although I do feel like, just out of an abundance of caution, a lot of the auditions when we come back very well could be self-tapes. Well, why wouldn't they be? You know? I do too. That'll be interesting to see as things are able to come back, if it'll all in one day, everything's all good, or happen in waves. Yeah, we'll see. Who knows? I'm hoping, I'm optimistic that it'll be more self-tapes. Me too. What is your favorite self-tape we've done in our studio? You had one where you were playing, it was like an interrogation scene. Do you remember that one? The lawyer one? Yeah, your agent oh, said yeah. you did really great in that one. Yeah, I do remember that one. That was a fun one. I think you were a couple of years too young for the role. Yeah. And they didn't take you seriously for it. But I just was happy that you showed your agent that you can handle that kind of a monologue so beautifully. It was a monologue and I didn't have very long to memorize it. I remember that one. Wow. That's another thing that I make you do and I do for myself is I put one on tape before I'm 100% sure I'm off book. Yep. And a lot of the time we end up using that take. Yes. It used to drive me up a wall that we did that. Because I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, I like to be prepared. I like to know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And, oh, man, it took me a long time to get used to you being like, let's just film one. Yeah. I used to, oh, I used to complain about it. Oh, boy. <laughs> but what's the point of not? That's true. It's just the camera's on. Because if you have it, you have it. Oh, my gosh. It's if you so get through the scene, worse. it's great. Mm -hmm. It's so much worse if you did a great scene <laughs> and we didn't get it. Yeah. Totally. Then if you, you did a take that isn't usable and we just delete it. I think that monologue you're talking about might have been one of those times that you just turned on the camera and we got it. Because I don't think I did that more than once. Mm -mm. And my favorite self-tape I've done was probably Elton John. Ooh, that was such a good one. Uh, I loved that one. Oh, the glasses and the hat. That was fun. It was so good. You studied so hard for that and you did that to a T. It was so good. Yeah. You sang Philadelphia Freedom. Yeah. You sounded so good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> How about you? Any other favorites? My favorite one of yours, besides Elton John, you did a George Michael one that I loved. <laughs> but you also did one. I cannot remember for the life of me what it was for. But I remember that we used, we have 
a stuffed like animal. We have a dog stuffed animal in the apartment. Yes. And I can't remember why, but you had to like tie somebody up in one of the self tapes. That's right. And we used the dog. <laughs> That's right. We used the dog in like my yarn or something. It was like an interrogation scene. Yeah, and it was a super, it was like a very satirical thing that you were auditioning for. Uh -huh. It was really funny. Yeah. And we were just trying to figure out ways to to make it unique and fun. And I don't think we used a tripod. I think I just did it freehand. I don't think we used a tripod for it. Because remember, we wanted to be like super close on your face and uh -huh. then like, and then pan out to show that you were uh -huh. like tying up the the prisoner or whatever it was. Uh -huh, yeah. That was a super fun one just because we were, we wanted to be so creative with that. And I loved what we came up with because yeah. there were like three scenes and we had to be really creative. It was really cool. Um, and then a favorite one of mine, I auditioned for Stargirl yeah. as Wildcat. Yeah. And... I loved doing that self-tape. I ended up getting... I went really far on it. I went to, like, network for it. Mm -hmm. But it was one of the... One, it was, like, so late at night when I did it. I don't even think I did it with you. I think it was when you were still at Equinox because you went to bed early. I did it with Peter. I remember that. But your outfit was really hot for it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I wore a leather jacket. And I did that because Peter... I remember him being, like... I just want you to have like a look for it or something. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I have. So we kind of were looking through my closet and we, I have a leather jacket with like a knitted hood. And he was like this, try this one. And I just, I didn't have time to prepare for it. And it was so late and I was so tired. And Peter was like, this is when you do your best work though, when you don't think. So just like, just do it. Let's mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being one of my favorite tapes I ever did. And I went so far in that process. And I was always so proud of it. I didn't get it, but I was so proud of that tape because I went so far there, but they also brought me back for a different role. They brought me back to audition for a different role later on. Yes. For that show. And it was all from that self tape. And I thought it was so cool. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that tape. I like jumped into frame at one point. It was so great. It's. I think it's fun to ha just have fun with it and, yeah. and do anything interesting with a self tape, like that jump into frame, totally. the guitar, some of the different things we talked about, the blanket, the yeah, uh, with George Michael and Elton John. I think I got the Elton John audition because the George Michael audition mm -hmm. was good, and it was some sort of like true biography mm -hmm. show type of thing. And yeah, that is the most important thing. And the freedom of self tapes is that that you can be creative you can have fun with it you the, can be more you yeah yeah and you're so great and you're so great are <laughs> you kidding me i'm so grateful i live with a permanent reader it's nice i don't have to worry when i get a self-tape i just i have you mm -hmm. it's awesome any additional advice for people who are self-taping or not booking from self-tapes or anything like that keep going i didn't book from self-tapes for years for years. Keep going. I'd say invest in a studio. It doesn't have to be anything extensive. You don't need the equipment that we have. You don't need that. If you have a plain wall in your house already, great. Then just buy the ring light. Yeah. And boom, you have an easy place to self-tape. Yeah, be smart about the money that you're spending because you could go over the top and get more than you need, but I think you really just need a couple of good backdrops 
you can get by with just one. I just had just the blue one for a long time, yeah. but I wear a lot of blue. Yeah. And so then a lot of my clothes would wash out and I couldn't wear that. I remember you had a white top on in the hotel room and I said, your background is white. You shouldn't wear that. That's right. So think about that. Think about your wardrobe. Think about what color is going to make your eyes pop or mm-hmm. going to make you look the best. Mm-hmm. Find a light that makes you look the best on camera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, a few hundred bucks and you'll have it for years and years and that's my top piece of advice is get your own in-home self-tape studio. And I will say, just to add on to that, we mentioned in Megan's episode last week that we shot headshots by ourselves and we used some of that, some of the backdrops for the headshots and that was really valuable. Yeah, it was. I also talked to a couple of our directors and producers when we were in Nashville and they had some really interesting advice on self-tapes. Our director said that audio does make a huge difference. If the audio is bad, they'll likely skip over it. That's something that I didn't really think of. You can get a lav mic for less than $100. Totally. Really quality lav mic. Yeah. And if you have an iPhone, you sh- you know, you should be fine. I don't typically have too many problems with that. But if you want really great audio, these lav mics that we have are... One of our other producers said that it's important to her that the gender on the other side of the camera is right. Right. Interesting. Which which was interesting because my tape for I Hate New Year's, it was not the right gender. You are supposed to be a girl. And you are not a girl. I am not. I am not. But man. (laughs) (laughs) But, and when I pointed that out, she was like, oh, that's right. Interesting. But I thought it was, I thought, I just thought it was an interesting point that she brought up, that that's something that she thought about. Yeah, I wonder. I think that's case by case if people care too much about that or not. If you happen to live with multiple people and you can get that exactly right every time, that's amazing. Or if you have a couple different friends, like, yeah, if you can do it, that's great. But you are my reader for every single tape that I do now. and And you are mine. I don't have any problem with that. I yeah, me neither. think it's always great. And thankfully our audio is also always great. Anything you can do to help give yourself the best chance. It's all good. Should we talk updates a little bit? Sure. We talked quite a bit about Nashville. We'll talk more about that in the coming months. Oh, totally. Kind of went through a lot of it in the beginning this yeah, time. I think we did. Just because COVID is the, the hot topic right now. We are adjusting work to COVID. Peter Allen Vogt, who was one of our previous guests on Mismo, just mm-hmm. did something very kind. Good friend. Uh, when Mick went to the store the other day, they were out of bread because people are hoarding everything. Mm-hmm. And I tried making bread the other day. It was great. And oh my God, it worked. So delicious. I could not believe it. And we're now running out a little bit. It made two loaves, which was great. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. But he called before we went out for a little walk today. He was like, I have a bag of flour and a bunch of yeast in the car if you want some. And I bought some extra eggs. So he came over and gave us some groceries. It was so nice. It was so kind of him. And fun to see a real human being. Yes. And we kept our social distance the whole time. We were very safe about it. Yes, we did. It was very sweet of him to come and take care of us. He said we had to give him something in return. So we gave him chocolate. We did. 
It was a good exchange. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we're just adjusting to life in our house. Which, you know what? We love our home, and we're very lucky yeah. that we love our home so much. We are. We're talking about doing something online, a reading or a presentation of the importance of being earnest mm -hmm. through After Hours Theater Company or Pixel Playhouse. I'm not exactly sure that's in the works. Pixel Playhouse is on Twitch, right? Yes. Nice. Yeah. If that's a thing that's going to happen, we'll let people know about that. Yeah. We're finding ways to still be creative when we're at home. We're trying. You guys. So my New Year's resolution this year, I think I've talked about this in the podcast, was to watch as many movies as I possibly can. Because there are so many classics I have not seen. And we made a whole list on Mixed Phone, which has to be pages long, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. And we're making our way through that during this quarantine. And I'm thrilled. It has been so much fun watching you watch these classic <laughs> movies for the first time. We did Anchorman. Loved. Which was everything I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. It has... It's really interesting watching those comedies from just like 15 years ago. Seeing how they've aged. Particularly seeing how women's characters are written and yeah. spoken to has changed. That is the thing that I felt aged Anchorman the most. And of course, that's like a theme of the movie, but anyway. It's not really what our podcast is about. We're not, no. I don't want to review these movies. No. What else did we see? Bridget Jones' Diary. Jerry Maguire. And all three Lord of the Rings. You guys, I didn't understand before why everybody was so obsessed with this Lord of the Rings thing. Didn't understand what the big deal was about Orlando Bloom or any of this stuff. And I loved it. Hear me when I say I loved it. Those movies were excellent. If if we would have started them earlier in the day and just watched all three in a day, I would have been happy. But we did it over three different nights. I'm glad we did it that way. Me too. It kept the it kept me so excited. It kept the suspense alive. I mean, I'm sure you guys had to wait months in between movies. Years. They Years. Okay. actually came out. Well, one year. One year apart for each movie. They wow. shot all three of them, I believe, uh, all together. Okay. And they released them right around Christmas time. Okay. Uh, they were always like early December releases, I remember. And right. I read the book with my dad each time. So I read Fellowship before we saw Fellowship and Two Towers the following year. And so we, we read them in order. And uh, for me, it was something I really bonded with my dad over we've always geeked out about it i really showed my nerd to you while we watched lord of the rings it was so cute you know so much about it i just love it it was so great yeah. i'm so thank you so much for showing me i am so thrilled i feel like it was such a rite of passage for me to see these movies and i can't wait to continue our yeah it's been fun watching all these with you what's tonight gonna be i don't know we haven't really thought about that. What do you want it to be? We have a few queued up. We do. Netflix has some really great movies right now. So does Last, HBO. Yes. Last night we took a break from watching movies just to play Ticket to Ride because we wanted to switch it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Keeping it fresh here in quarantine, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. But yeah. Well, should we get out of here? Self-tape is, in one word, self-taping is. Self-taping is the future. I thought about saying that too. That's a good one. <laughs> what about you? Self-taping is the present. I think we're already there. I agree. The future is here. Well, thank you so much for being here, Mick. <laughs> Ashley, thank you for coming all the way from the living room to the office <laughs> to record this podcast. Yeah, we'll see you. Uh, hope to we'll, see you again yeah, real soon. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. <laughs>